0: Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm Sarah Bueno, and I am here to take you on this magical journey to talk about wounded healer stuff. So I interview guests who are in some sort of healing type profession, and I talk about the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others. And I am so pleased that you decided to join us today. Before I get into the amazingness and awesomeness of today's guest, just wanted to kind of check in on things and how stuff is going. One thing I've been super into lately, and I don't know why, but I've been listening to a ton of podcasts and watching TV shows about like hustlers, guru type people, people who end up taking too much power, taking advantage of that power and screwing people over. I don't know why that seems to be a trend on my algorithm right now on TV and in my podcast listening, but the cool thing about it is it's made me reflect on my own relationship to power and the ways in which I have felt abused in organizations and the ways in which in my organization I've really tried to avoid abuses of power and how sometimes I succeed and sometimes I fail. So I don't know. As a business owner, it's something I think a lot about, and it's very interesting Being a small business owner and the expectations that are put upon somebody in that position. And I always say to my husband, like whenever I'm watching these, there's like there's a point in time when the person like tips into this place of power and then they like have a decision to make of am I going to use my power for good or am I going to use it for evil? Am I going to use it for my own goodness or am I going to use it for the goodness of others? So I don't really have any specific ideas to share on that other than it's just a concept that I've been thinking about. So I invite you as you move through the world to think about your relationship to power. Where do you have it? Where do you not have it? Where would you like to have it? Where might you like to soften and not have it? Who knows? Anyway, (laughs) just wanted to share what's been happening with me. Also, I would love to invite folks If you have any interest in financially supporting this show, any little bit helps truly. And you can donate as little as $1 on Patreon. So you would go to Patreon and search for Conversations with a Wounded Healer. You will find me there and you'll find a bunch of different options. And I continue to try to figure out what's the best way to connect with community. So if you have ideas about ways to connect as a community, I am all ears. Bring them on. Now on to today's guest. Today's episode is going to be super cool because it's a little bit different than some of the healers that I have interviewed before. And also he's French. So I'm going to try to pronounce his name correctly. Cédric Le Bigre. Ooh, that was pretty good. I'm gonna say it again. Cédric Le Bigre. (laughs) That's my French from middle school and high school. So Cédric is an NLP practitioner, a hypnotist, and founder of Alpha 8 Origin. Initially trained as an engineer, Cédric has been working for 10 years in different companies before an unexpected encounter with an urban shaman. After this life-changing episode, he developed a passion for consciousness, exploration, and words magic. Fascinated by sound since childhood, he decided to merge these practices by creating mind-altering music, specifically designed to enhance meditative experiences and assist human beings in their own evolution. And we are going to be playing a couple of tunes in this episode. We are going to be playing a tune called Hypnotic Waves. At the end, we're going to give you a little bit of a clip of that. And also underneath our conversation, we're going to be playing Deep Sleep. You can find both of these tracks on Insight Timer, and I believe you can still get the free version of Insight Timer. I don't think you can really actually search on there for specific musicians, but if you go on there and you search for Binaural Beats, 21 to 30 minutes, you will find his work. <laughs> you will specifically find these two tracks. So without further ado, I have rambled on long enough. Please enjoy my interview with Cédric Lebigre. Hello. And I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. Cédric. Hello, Cédric. Did I do it right?
1: Yeah, that's perfect.
0: Close enough. I did take French in middle school, so oh. I remember this much of it. Un peu. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm yeah. so excited to have this conversation with you.
1: Thank you for being in- invited me.
0: Yes. So just so listeners get a little bit of orientation. So I I think I've told people before, I love Insight Timer. It's my favorite meditation app. I use it literally every single day. And you are one of the artists that's on that app. And I... Have loved your meditations. I've sent you little tips. I've sent you like all the five stars. And then I just was like, I looked at your website and saw that you do so much else too, and thought it would be such a great connection for the show.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And thank you for listening to the music, actually. Insight Timer is a very uh, rich platform, and we have a very um, fantastic artist there. So it's good to have this for free, actually.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, tell folks more about who you are and what you do, all of the things.
1: Yeah. So I'm an hypnotist, NLP practitioner in France and also a musician. So I'm French and based close to Paris, actually. And I have been doing this for, I don't know, five or six years now. And before that, I was an engineer. So I have two main activities, the therapist part and the musician part, but they are very related because I composed some music for self-hypnosis and meditation and this kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, basically that's me.
0: Wonderful. Well, let's dig into that transition from engineer to hypnotist <laughs> and music. I'm sure you were a musician before you were a hypnotist, but, yeah. but I, I love and wherever you want to start, if you want to start, you know, earlier in childhood, that's fine too. I love origin stories.
1: Yeah. So um, I was playing the flute when I was a child, actually.
0: I played the flute too, yes. Oh, in fifth grade, cool. that's
1: it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, do you have two kind of flutes? Do you have the vertical one and mm-hmm. the horizontal one? So I don't know if there are uh, different names in English, but...
0: Yes, flute and clarinet would be the horizontal one.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So it would be the, the flute, mm-hmm. actually. And so I was um, basically a normal child, I would say, but I was asking some questions about uh, life, I was always been interested by the existence, the meaning of life and this kind of stuff. So I was quite a, a misfit, I would say, <laughs> at this time, because I was asking some questions just like, maybe it's during the dream that's the real life and during the life we are dreaming, mm. you know, this kind of weird thoughts. But I had a classic path for a child. I was gifted in mathematics. So I went to the classic school to do that. And so we have a system in France that we call the, the class preparatoire, which is a very intense two years dedicated to the mathematics and physics. Mm. So I went through that. And then I went to the engineering school and I became an engineer. And, you know, during these years, I was asking myself all these questions and so on. So I started buying a book about yoga and meditation and I have opened these books and I said, that's crap. That's not for me. Mm. You know, I tried for five minutes and it didn't work at all. <laughs> so I closed. A whole five yeah. minutes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I am a bit uh, impatient. So um, five minutes was way too long for me at this time. So I have closed these books and never come back or <laughs> at least 10 years later, mm. actually. And I started working, you know, in the um, classic companies, big companies, Luxury, financial services, FMCGs, this Mm. kind of real materialistic companies. Mm -hmm. And I was not very happy because I got bored about three months after the beginning of my job every time. I got bored very quickly, actually. Mm. And I think the first book I've read about, I don't know, personal development or this kind of stuff, was a book from a psychiatrist his name is Scott Peck. Maybe you know You know this guy. He's an American. Say
0: more, and maybe I do. Aaron Beck, yes. Yeah. Scott Beck, I don't know.
1: Now, Scott Peck, his famous book, his name, The Less Travel Road. Oh, okay. Kind of the
0: Road Less Traveled, probably, yeah.
1: The Road Less Traveled, okay. yeah, exactly. And I think the first sentence in this book is, life is hard, and that's normal. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why, but at this time, it was very useful to, to read this. Because maybe with the innocence of childhood, you think that life should be easy. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, it's quite tough to face difficult events in life and so on. So yeah, it was a bit frightening, but also reassuring stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I started working, as I said, and I got bought very quickly in all my jobs And my only motivation at this time was more money, actually, because I had no further interest in my job. So the only motivation was this one. And I found it sad, actually, because during one year, I looked at my uh, bank account and I said, "Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. And I live more than good with this amount of money, you know, and I was still missing something. Mm. So I don't know what it was, but I decided to go through a skill assessment stuff. And I met a wonderful woman. We spent, I think it was 20 hours together working around my skills, my personality and Mm. this kind of thing to find what I could do, you know, after my job. Hmm. And it was a very nice moment because I never went through psychotherapy on this kind of stuff because... In my family, I think if you go through psychotherapy, you are crazy. You mm-hmm. know? So it's not allowed. It's right. not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but she decided to make me some interesting exercises. So drawing trees, make some scrapbooking and this kind of stuff. Mm. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I think it was the, the last session she asked me a weird question. She asked me, what do you know about shamanism? Ooh. And I was like, wow, I never heard about that before. I know the name, but I don't know what it means, actually. So what came to my mind, I think, was, I don't know, the Australian people. And so I said that. She told me, you know, because the first time I've seen you, you make me think about someone who does that in Paris. Mm. And maybe you should meet her. And I was a bit confused actually I was excited and I don't know part of myself was I don't know what to do should I meet this woman or not Mm. Uh, and I talked to my wife at this time and she was not very happy with this because Uh. I think this image that it was like a cult actually Mm -hmm. by the way she's not my wife anymore
0: (laughs) I could tell by the way you said
1: yeah (laughs) yeah So I met this woman, and so she has a wonderful place in Paris. You know, you enter the place by the window. The floor they have they have in in the UK. You know, in London they have this uh, weird floor between the first floor and the ground. I don't know how we can give a name about that. But by the way, the the entrance was a window. (laughs) So so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I met this woman, and she was totally normal you know I was expecting maybe somebody with weird clothes and <laughs> a weird way of speaking I don't know weird beliefs and no she was totally normal and she managed to connect with me speaking about the big bang the quantum physics all the scientific parts which were very important to me as an engineer and as a I am passionate about mathematics and physics. I love this field, that's fascinating. And it was a great meeting. So I spent some months with her. I was seeing her maybe once a month and it was my psychotherapy at this time. And after a while I asked her to teach me, to teach me the way she did this weird stuff because (laughs) I was speaking and also she was working with energy. So yeah, I decided to ask her. And so it started there, actually.
0: So, like a mentor, a mentorship? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: it was like a mentorship. Yeah. Mm, and wow. after a while, she recommended me to another man, a shaman, which has been trained by Michael Harner, you know, which is the founder of Foundation for Shamanic Studies.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. I think he's an American guy. I think he's dead now, Michael Harner. Well, look him up. <laughs> so, This shaman was the representative of FSS in France at this time. Hmm. So he became my teacher during some seminars I had. So I was very passionate about altered state of consciousness, but it was very hard for me to let go. I looked some ways to facilitate this, and I thought about the music, actually.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love this, I'm getting chills.
1: So it made connections. I've always been impatient by music. I listened to the music since, I don't know, I was born, maybe. By the way, one of my favorite bands is the Smashing Pumpkins, and I think they oh, really? they are from Chicago, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was a big fan of them when I was a teenager, and I, I still listen to them, by the way. So I decided to look for the for this kind of music, of weird music, to assist in the altered state of consciousness. And I found a very weird band, which I think the name is Crystal Magic Orchestra, or this kind of thing.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the music of this woman is, I don't know how to describe it, but every time I was listening to this weird music, I had red eyes, just like I was high or something.
0: Wow. Huh.
1: So. I said to myself, also, okay, this is very interesting that just by listening to some sounds, we can go to this weird state when we can explore with our consciousness. Yeah, it was a fascinating period of my time. Meanwhile, I decided to take uh, training in NLP and hypnosis because… What's NLP? Neuro-linguistic programming.
0: Oh, okay. I think some of my staff actually do that too. I, r- yeah. I run a therapy practice. I think a couple. Yeah, of
1: them that. i think that. Yeah, that's a very powerful uh, practice, actually. And I decided to do that because I, I was fascinated by the power of the of the words and mm-hmm. how, by using the right words, you can open doors in the brain, and in the spirit of somebody, me included. So um, I've decided to become an L.P. practitioner and hypnotist at this time. I think the stars were aligned because there was a kind of job suppression in my company and I became, I at this possibility to take some money and to leave the company.
0: We call that laid off. Laid off. Okay. Yes. So
1: it, it was the perfect timing for me. <laughs>
0: yes. That's wow.
1: Yeah. To take some training. And after that, I launched my cabinet of therapy here close to Paris and started making my own music. Mm. because this music is quite expensive, actually. And (laughs) I said to myself, okay, you are a musician and you have never produced something Mm. that you shared with people. You know, I was composing with my guitar, with the piano a bit, but it was more like an amusement to me. And that's a shame that you are not going further. So I've decided to create my own music. And after this decision, Afterwards, I decided to put it on Inside Timer. I think it was in 2016 or something mm. like that. And I was a bit nervous before doing that, just like you show what you do to the people, you know, to the external right. world. <laughs> and you never know how it will be welcome or not welcome, actually. So, but at the beginning, I've done this for me to assist me in the process of going into trance, as I said. And I've seen the possibilities of the music.
0: Wow. What a cool story. From engineer to shaman. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. I don't call myself shaman because, you know, Mm. they are in the original tribe, the the traditional tribes in in the Amazonia and so on. The tribe called the guy the shaman, but we never Mm. called shaman ourselves. I say that I have a shamanic practice, for example. I don't show off to, to the website. It's quite hidden. And I mm-hmm. show the NLP side and the hypnosis side because they are a more accepted culture for now, at least. Right. But I think it's changing.
0: I think it's changing too.
1: Yeah. People are, yeah. More, are more interested in these traditional practices. Absolutely. Which are related to spiritual uh, meaning.
0: Right. There's a book called the psychology of spiritual awakening i think that's what it's called and it it's been a couple years since i read it but he talks about you know we only had indigenous practices and pagan practices at one point in our human development and then there was a he calls it a fall essentially a fall from that where we began to seek quote unquote truth right and then we developed obviously all the scientific knowledge and so what we're shifting into now is more of an integration utilizing the science and the indigenous knowledge that we've pretended wasn't any good for the past like you know however many centuries
1: (laughs) yeah and between the two we we had the religions (laughs) right right they took this energy and they put it where they wanted to at this time so that's interesting
0: Right. And I, I think a lot of, I guess, I, I feel the energy of many religions, essentially, again, like trying to locate an answer, trying to create some sort of certainty, which is a bastardization of what religion really should be, which is all about curiosity and not knowing and exploring, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah i'm really curious to hear more about well actually two questions i'm gonna say them both and then you figure out which one you want to answer first i want to understand binaural beats better so i'd love to talk about that and then the other one how you integrate nlp hypnotherapy and music in your practice
1: okay so first binaural beats are very powerful stuff to enter trance because it's almost mechanic you listen to some music and your brain changes its state.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, to do on.
1: that, <laughs> you put a frequency in one ear and a different frequency in the other ear, slightly different. Mm. And your brain, by difference, will create a third frequency. Oh. Yeah, by difference. So if I put 200 hertz in one ear and 205 hertz into mm. the other ear. The result will be five hertz, and uh-huh. your brain will synchronize to this five hertz, which is uh, the theta state, for example. Right. It, it's called the brainwave entrainment, and you can change your state easily just like that by listening to the music for I don't know five minutes. There are more and more studies about that. Binary beats are useful to ease anxiety, stress, and this kind of things. So. Yeah, very powerful sounds. So it's one of the technology I use in my music. So I use another kind of technology, which is called the isochronic tones. So isochronic tones is the sound of a drum, for example, Mm. the drum, which is a traditional instrument used by the shaman. So isochronic tones are an alternance of silence and sound just like boom, 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 and this frequency as well the brain will synchronize to it. So it's another hmm. thing I can use in the music and I use also the stereo stimulation, so to stimulate the both hemispheres of the brain, so the right and the left, by stimulating the left ear and the right ear. So hmm. it's another way to do that. You know, we have plenty of techniques to help the brain to change its state and to enter the trance, actually. Hmm. so during the sessions i have with my clients with some of them i use the music basically to help them to change their state because some people just like me before have some difficulties to go into trance so Mm -hmm. using this kind of music facilitates the process and they don't have to do anything just like you know listen to the music and let go and it's as i said it's almost mechanic so they don't have to do anything And so I use also the structure of hypnosis in some sounds to enhance the sounds. For example, in hypnosis, we use the loops. You know, we open a loop during the session by telling a story, for example, and we Mm -hmm. close the loop at the end, which creates an amnesia in the middle. So, yeah, I do that with the sound at some point. So I start the track with some pattern, for example, and I will reuse this pattern at the end. And so... The brain is connecting the two and you have this weird effect of just like the time I disappeared. So it's, for example, it's one of the techniques I can use in the music. And also, I uh, record some hypnosis session, you know, for online people. And as a background, I use Binary Beats to help in the process. So basically, it's the way I triggered it. And for the end, it's part of my way of seeing life, actually. It's almost a philosophy of life. So it's not so obvious in the music, but in the way I see life and I use that in my day-to-day life, it's often there
0: yeah as you were talking about the loops and the amnesia that happens in the middle now because I pretty much only listen to the binaural beats on insight timer but just because I have felt like that really helps me to really drop into the meditation and now I now I'm recognizing oh yes that's a technique that a lot of the artists use with their music is starting a pattern and then going away from it and then coming back at the end and that is when I start to feel like I kind of like wake up out of it wow so cool
1: yeah, the interest to use a pattern as well is that it's recognized by the left hemisphere you know the analytic one and so on so for some tracks i start creating a pattern a very recognizable melody and afterwards it's fading away and we transition into a very smooth sound you know pads and these kind of things and it's moving to the other hemisphere So the right hemisphere, the hemisphere for the the dreams and this kind of, Mm -hmm. of thing. So it's also a way to shut down the analytical brain and to switch into the more imaginary brain, for example. So that's another way to transition into a trance.
0: Yeah, and as you say that, I think too about tracks that I struggle to meditate to are the ones that are repetitive that it's continuing with the pattern, right? Because that's keeping me in my left hemisphere. Holy shit, I'm learning so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It could help you uh, to go into a trance as well, because as I said before, with the isochronic tones, so so you know the the drum, Mm -hmm. it's very repetitive. It's this repetition, but it's almost like a mantra, you know, it's very Mm. simple for your brain. It's a single thing, it's a sound. So when the pattern is too long, this effect doesn't work.
0: Right. So it right. has to be
1: short because this way your brain is synchronizing to this uh, frequency. Actually, mm. you can move this way into alpha state, theta state, delta state, and gamma state if you want. If you want me to explain the brain wave, I can do yeah, that. Yeah,
0: why not? Yeah. I don't know that everyone would be familiar with that.
1: Okay. So in our day to day life, we are almost every time in beta state. So it's the active way of thinking for example and the moment we start to relax or when we are calm for example during this conversation we are quite calm so we are moving into the alpha state Mm. so it's another range of frequencies so beta state it's around 10 hertz between 10 and 13 for example and the alpha state would be between 7 hertz and 10 hertz so the brain is slowing down Mm -hmm. and it's continuing slowing down you will go to the theta state which is the state of deep meditation or hypnosis and it's between 4 hertz and 7 hertz and below that you have the delta state which is the state of sleep Mm -hmm. and it would be below 4 hertz and in the higher frequencies you have the gamma state, and it's around 30 hertz for example and it will be the frequency we use when we try to solve problems when we are very focused in better states, if we are, I don't know around 15, 17 Hertz, it's the state of stress, for example.
0: Mm. mm-hmm, which is probably what a lot of us have been in during the pandemic. I think <laughs> so, yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> the music was a great way to change the brain state and to try to relax a bit because yeah, it was quite a frustrating period and stressing period for a lot of us.
0: right, right. I'm also curious. I'm guessing that you know this because you seem really into these things, but I see on the app, there will be people will advertise their music with a certain hertz frequency and that are really high, like there's like 428 or something like that. There are certain frequencies that are supposed to be like really special for the human body. Do you know about those and can educate us?
1: I don't know if I can educate you, but <laughs> I can give you some information of, from what I know. Mm-hmm. So I use some of these frequencies and it is said that some frequencies are targeting some part in the human being. So for example, some frequencies are targeting some specific chakras. I don't know if it's true or not, actually. I think the human being is sensible to the interval so mm. that's why we recognize some nice chords you know when you have right. two notes together the fifth for example is very harmonic and mm-hmm. it's very calming so i have an instrument here it's a traditional instrument which is called a monochord and you have the note d and a so mm-hmm. it's a perfect fifth and mm-hmm. it is said that pythagoras was using this instrument during his time to heal people for example
0: mm, pythagoras yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: I think we are sensible to the interval, and I don't know if we are sensible to the frequency by itself. I use some of that, but I think the intention you put in your meditation is more important, actually. So if you want to target the heart and you concentrate your awareness around the heart, if the frequency is targeting the heart, I mean, all is aligning and and it's working. But if you use the heart frequency for, I don't know, to heal your brain or this kind of thing, I don't think it won't work, I think it can work as well, because the brain is doing the work. Right. It is true that sometimes I, I'm listening to some frequency, you know, I close my eyes, and I, I use pure frequencies on my website, I've put some free frequencies for people to experiment. Mm-hmm. And so you close your eyes and you try to locate which part of your body mm. is targeted And it is true that some frequencies are more located into the chest. Uh, Some of Mm. them are some in the brain. So I think there is a bit of truth behind that as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, something that's been coming up for me lately and I was just thinking of as you were talking is, so the concept of agency is something I've really been working with as myself and as a therapist and recognizing the lack of agency when we're going to this music and we're thinking that this music is going to heal us, right? Or this frequency is going to heal us. And what I heard you say between the lines was it's really about you, you heal yourself. It's not about what is done to you. And so that's been a big shift for me lately, recognizing that nothing outside of me is gonna do the work. I have to be doing it internally.
1: Yeah. And sometimes we have surprises too, you know, I've posted a sound on Insight Timer quite recently and it's just a drum sound and a wave sound. And mm-hmm. they are merging together, you know, from ear to ear, just like the DNA mm-hmm. uh, shape. And one of the comments was, thanks, it healed my tinnitus. Oh, wow! It was not um, expected, you know, I didn't build right? the sound to heal tinnitus. And I think it won't work for some people. You know, I have also some comments, some funny comments saying to me, um, thank you, it gave me some headaches. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Jerks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I smile about that. Uh, And I think it's funny that the same sound can be so useful for some people and so hated by some other people. That's fascinating because it shows that there is no absolute truth.
0: Right. Something that I've noticed on Insight Timer lately, and I'm curious as an artist, if you've seen this too, I feel like there are companies now that are trying to kind of get in on the market. (laughs) And I see a lot of music popping up that it feels like they're coming from corporations that I feel like I'm looking at them, like I'm not vibing, I'm not vibing with it. And I wonder what's happening on the back end in terms of like the capitalistic endeavor part of insight timer i don't know if you've noticed any sort of shift in the ways that they're interacting with artists
1: no actually i'm quite uh, isolated on this platform you know mm, I, I post mm-hmm. my sound i don't look at the others sometimes i tried myself uh, some sounds from other people and mm-hmm. some of them are, are great but i've not uh, noticed this shift
0: mm. well i'm gonna keep i'm watching you insight timer i'm watching <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd love to ask the question, and I, I feel like you're gonna have a really nuanced and complex response to this, but do you consider yourself a healer?
1: I'm smiling because when I read, you know, the document you sent before the session and I've looked at this word, I never thought myself about being a healer. And I think one of the reasons is that the word healer in French, you can translate it in two ways. One of this way is dedicated to medical people. So the doctor, the nurses, the caregivers, these people are healers. Les soignants, that's the French word. Hmm. So we are not allowed to call ourselves healers. Hmm. If we use that definition. The other one, the word would be guérisseur and it would be the, I don't know, the French version of shamans or something. Mm-hmm. And it's quite pretentious to call yourself a healer, actually. I mean, in our culture or in just my seeing things, because as I said before, I think people heal themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think my role is to accompany them on this road. So I never thought myself about healers, about being a healer, sorry. But I think some people think of me this way. So I don't know if it answers your question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I I asked the question, not wanting a particular answer, but really just as a curiosity and an exploration. And, you know, I've asked this question, gosh, almost 200 times now. And the theme that comes up is how people define the word. And so you're adding a really interesting layer by looking at it in a different language and telling us how it's interpreted in different languages. And so I think that that's just really fascinating.
1: Mm. Cool. Yeah. That's funny because I can talk about myself as an engineer. I think I'm an engineer. So Mm. this is part of my identity. I am a musician. I think Mm. I am a a boxer as well because I practice boxing. So I'm an explorer with my consciousness. I think I'm an explorer. So all of these facets are parts of who I am. And, And I thought myself about being a healer. So that's funny. But I love my job anyway. And... I know that you're a therapist too. So you have also great sessions with your clients. And when you see that they solve their problems and they evolve so much, that's a wonderful gift.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm curious if you want to dig even deeper. Like, So if you can call yourself an engineer, a musician, a boxer, an explorer, what's different about healer for you than those terms?
1: That's an interesting question. Maybe just a mental barrier. I put to myself, you know, maybe to not going into an egoistic side mm-hmm. of myself. Because right. if I give myself too much power,
0: mm. which
1: I think I don't have, the work is not working. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. because I don't know, the, the ratio here for people is 83% of them are solving their problem. I think something like that. So if I consider high I am responsible for their changes. The 17%, I will be very frustrated, you know, and they will be able to blame me for their (laughs) failure. (laughs) Right. So where to protect me as well, to not thinking I am responsible for that. So I am a companion and we can do some wonderful work together. And maybe the explanation why I don't call myself a healer, I think there is a healing process. People are coming here, that's for sure. And sometimes I don't do anything, or at least I don't think I do anything. You know, sometimes people are calling to book a session, and between the phone call and the day they come, the problem has been solved. Right. (laughs) Am I a healer here? I don't know. (laughs) Right, But it always amazed me.
0: Yeah. I love the way you were exploring that meaning for you and that that aligns with similar folks have said that there's something about power and there's something about responsibility that can create that like resistance to the word. I was just thinking like, wouldn't it be lovely if we actually lived in a world where everybody considered themselves a healer, everybody knew they could heal themselves and we were just basking in each other's brilliance? Exactly.
1: Exactly. If I'm a healer, everybody is a healer. You have uh, put it uh, perfectly. So yeah. I think we can say that. And I, I would mm-hmm. be happy that everyone considers themselves as healers. Because, you know, you just meet somebody in the street and you have a nice moment. They smile to you and you share something yes. and you never, you will never see this person again. But she or he has made your day a better day. So he was a healer or she was a healer as well. So Exactly. So I love the way you said it. Thank you for that. Mm,
0: yeah. Well, I'm curious how the term wounded healer feels like it fits with you or not.
1: Yeah. So the same. When I read your document, uh, I've seen this, this <laughs> word wounded healer. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought about, I don't know if I will pronounce it correctly, but Chiron, Chiron or
0: Chiron, Chiron mm-hmm. Yep.
1: you know, yep. And one of the first instrument I bought when I wanted to do some healing with the sounds and it was tuning fork.
0: Yeah. What's it called in French? Diapason. Diapason.
1: Diapason. Perfect. You have a perfect accent, you know?
0: Oh, so, merci. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah.
1: I don't know if we can hear it hit, but.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yes.
1: Yeah. That's one of the frequencies I've used during my first recordings. And mm-hmm. it's called the Wounded Healer. Wow. And for me, it's, yeah, the references are the, the shamans, actually. I think Kiran is an archetype of a shaman. And we are all um, wounded one way or another. So I could consider myself as a <laughs> wounded healer, of course. Mm. I practice the tool that I use with my clients. I think living by example is the best way to to transmit things and to live in Congruity? Congruity?
0: yes mm-hmm.
1: so i think it's good to be aware that we have these dark sides within us or these dark events we go through in life but they are part of the package
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely
1: it's during these times that i think i evolved the most it was difficult when uh imagine we we are we are living in a video game you know if we are staying in our village and Nothing is happening. The the life is happy and that's cool. But we love video games when we have fights and we have victories and we have defeats. And because we are progressing and we are gaining experiences, or at least it's a useful way for me to think about it. When something difficult is happening is that, oh, okay, I'm going uh, to the next level. And it's a test.
0: I literally say that to my clients oh. that you're going to the next level. And it's one of the gifts of this podcast, having these conversations is hearing the thing that I need to hear in the moment. And I've been going through a really difficult time healing some really deep old trauma wounds. And I pulled tarot cards today and said, you know, what is it? What is it that I need to feel better right now? I think something like that, you know, stupid question asked the tarot cards. But of course, you know, the cards that I get all say, this is part of life. So I got the wheel of fortune first that said, everything is a cycle. And it is as it's supposed to be. And then the other cards were about, you know, connecting with other people and celebrating and and knowing that you're right where you're supposed to be. So I, I'm going to take that gift for today. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. You know,
1: one of the most terrible thing we go through, I think, is the loss of people, mm-hmm. to death. And I like to think that shamans talk about death as the great initiator. Because mm-hmm. it shows us yeah. what it's really important in life. And it can stop any time, actually. So I right. try to have this in my mind, in my day-to-day life. And it, it helped me to improve my relationship with my parents, for example. Because mm. I, I said to myself, okay, you can lose them today or mm-hmm. tomorrow. So it changed the way I was uh, seeing the life. Yeah. Just thinking about the death, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think there's some sort of statistic that people who think about dying five times a day live more happily. Oh it's, yeah, because there's a there's an app that tells you you're going to die. It tells <laughs> you five times a day, and so that is really to just remind you of the <laughs> okay. rate right, of the fragileness of life. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, every month I receive a paper in my letterbox from the city where I live, and mm-hmm. at the end you have the the list of people dying this month. To, you know, you have the mm. their names. Obituary. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So their names and their age. And wow. every month you see people from all ages. Mm. And it helps me to remind that it can stop anytime. So let's have good times together.
0: Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the end of the hour and I'm really appreciating this time we've spent together. I feel not to be cheesy with the music reference, but I feel a a resonance with you. You just feel very, your nervous system feels very regulated. So it feels really nice to be with you.
1: Thank you very much. I can uh, say the same for you. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to leave listeners with today?
1: Oh, I don't know, we could cover so many subjects, I think.
0: (laughs) I know, we really could.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, it was nice to have this time with you and to talk about music and talk about altered states of consciousness, which I think should be uh, present in school for the children. Uh. They have this capacity to go into trance when they want. And Mm. at some point, some of us lose this capacity. And it's too Mm -hmm. bad. So I think this and NLP should be some matters we study in school just Mm. to to help ourselves to be uh, our own healers and also to use words carefully because, Mm -hmm. you know, words are really a, a weapon. It can be so destructive and it can be so tools for empowerment as well. If we are more conscious about that, I think it would be better as well
0: i could not agree more Hmm. well do you want to let folks know where they can find you your website and any social media you have
1: the name of the music is alpha origin that's the name of i use for the music and i will create a special code for uh, the listeners of the podcast if you want to play the music i do okay
0: i do
1: (laughs) yeah i've created that the code is uh head heart 2021 thank you and you have minus 30% on, on all the sounds, if you want. So, wow. But by the way, you can listening to this music for free, I think three times on Bandcamp, which is the, the oh, website cool. I have my mm-hmm. music on. And you have, yeah, I think 20 albums so far, because on Insight Timer, I put some of them just to give this to the people and to make this kind of music more uh, famous, because I think it's really useful. To have this tool to help us to explore because this reality is uh, <laughs> is fantastic actually
0: yeah and we
1: tend to forget it
0: we do well thank you so much for spending time with me today and for all that you do i'm i'm so touched that we got to connect today
1: thank you sarah
0: Thanks so much to Cedric for being a guest today. I feel like I need like enough spittle in my mouth to be able to say it correctly. Can I do that again? Cedric, kinda, sort of. I butcher. I try. At least I try. At any rate, if you would like to learn more about his work, you can visit our website at www.headhearttherapy.com/podcast. Thanks as always to Andrea Clunder and the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, bye-bye.